Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 8 of Season 4 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast, where we take a hilarious and poignant journey through the 1989 Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan rom-com, When Harry Met Sally, One Minute at a Time. I'm Rob, and joining me again today is Nick Rehack of French Toast Sunday. Welcome back to the show, Nick. Thank you so much again for having me, Rob. Forget about it. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me. <laughs> I don't know either, but, but it works. Why not? <laughs> Ooh. All right. So minute eight begins with Harry finishing his thought and ends with Sally regaining her composure. So yesterday we, we had a, a interesting conversation about, or Harry and Sally had an interesting conversation about Casablanca and, you know, about whether... Uh, Ingrid Bergman, Ingrid Bergman should have gone with, uh, with, with, uh, Humphrey Bogart or whether, or whether she should have gotten on the plane with Paul Henry. And this minute continues that thought because what, what Harry basically was saying to, to Sally is, is that, you know, she would rather, uh, why would she rather be in a passionless marriage than live with the man that she's had the greatest something? And we get, to finish that that uh, part of the conversation where he goes the greatest sex of your life with uh, just because he owns a bar and that's all he does. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's, I get a little bit more than that, but no, but 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 that's more or less what Sally is saying. She says, you know, that just because he, he owns a bar, she doesn't want to stay with him. You know, and, and I don't know. It's just very, you know, I, I think that's more Sally's personality that she doesn't want to be with somebody who runs a bar. I think that's what it comes down to. It's not, you know, she's, she's projecting onto, uh, you know, on, onto Ingrid Bergman's uh, character. That, but that, I, that's what I think. <laughs> I think she's also looking at it in the wrong light. It's not just a bar. It's a small business owner. It's someone who's providing joy and comfort to many of those in their lives. So and, if anything, and dude's a provider and information. Yeah. You know, round, He's got a great of, piano player. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh, I got to watch that movie again now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. And, and as she's talking, she, she like starts spraying all this hairspray in in her in in uh, you know on her Farrah Fawcett uh, uh, do, <laughs> which is just so funny to watch her do. Because how is he not coughing or choking when he sprays? Because he's looking right at her when it happens, yeah. and she doesn't even like warn him or anything like that. That that's what that's what she's about to do. You know, she just you know constantly sprays him. You know, as they're having this conversation, and the windows are up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just going to sit in there. So when they come back <laughs> in, <laughs> that smell, it's still going to be in there. Correct. <laughs> mm. Right. So, I mean, basically, Harry's argument here is, is that you'd rather be in a passionless marriage than live with a man you've had the greatest sex with your life with just because he owns a bar and that's all he does. And Sally responds, yes. And so would any woman in her right mind. Women are very practical, even Ingrid Bergman. Which is why she gets on the plane at the end of the movie. <laughs> so, it's 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 a funny argument because it really holds no water whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
but but in Sally's mind it does. <laughs> you know that that's what it comes down to. And so she mentions Ingrid Bergman, who yesterday we we talked a little bit about the fact that she was in uh, Casablanca. So Ingrid Bergman was born on the 29th of August 1915, and passed away on the 29th of August 1982. She was a Swedish actress who starred in lots and lots of of, of movies over according to over over her whole career. Now I just realized something very interesting. Ingrid Bergman is 16 years younger than Humphrey Bogart. Okay, and Ooh. we've established that that Meg Ryan is 13 years younger than than Billy Crystal. So you think there's some sort of connection there also? You know, that of the 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 eight that there's a a relatively large age gap between the two characters or the two I, two actors. I think it's unintentional, but it also works really well. Yeah. Cuz yeah. what are the odds of that? Correct. So she she uh won 3 Oscars, 2 Emmys, a Tony Four Golden Globe Awards, a BAFTA, and uh, you know she she is uh, only one of she's one of only four actresses to to have received at least three acting uh, Oscars. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, Catherine Hepburn actually has four. Uh, so she she was in lots and lots of movies. I'm not going to start going through all the different ones that she's been in, uh, but uh, you know she. She she won Oscars for her work in Gaslight, Anastasia, and Murder on the Orient Express. No, in, she didn't. In 1974. <laughs> she was in a movie called Gaslight. Yes. And I was gaslighting you. <clears throat> I understood. I understood. I was just ignoring it. That was fine. Uh, <laughs> I could do that too. <laughs> You can try and gaslight me, and I will just, you know, uh, was it was I would ghost you. There you go. There you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that was good. It's so much fun doing this with friends, you know. It, it really <laughs> is, man. Because <laughs> we don't take anything personally. It's just a lot of fun. Of course not. Having the conversation and uh, you know throwing things out there. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> all the way across the world instead of across the couch, you know. But, <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Yeah, and, and her her second Emmy was she won posthumously. Uh, she played uh, Golda Meir in uh, A Woman Called Golda, who was the uh, only Israeli uh, female prime minister. Uh, it's actually a very oh. fascinating movie. It's very long, but it's fascinating. The next thing I wanted to talk about the fact is is hairspray. What, what do you know about hairspray? The product or not the movie? The not movie. The movie. Okay. Not the movie, not uh, the play, anything like that. The product. Hairspray, just that uh, I use it for like costume type stuff, like for a Halloween type thing if needed. But outside of that, I know it it smells and it's it's ugh. So that's what I know about it. Right. <laughs> it okay. smells and when, it's ugh. When do you think they started <laughs> developing hairspray? Ooh. ooh, ooh. Uh, my heart, it, for some reason, the first number that jumped out is 1862. No, <laughs> they weren't using that during the Civil War. Uh, I didn't think they were, but for some reason, that's the one that no. popped out at me. Um, in Europe, they started using them in the 1920s, and in the U.S., they only started using them in the 1940s when they started creating aerosol cans. 
Huh. Okay. Okay. The uh, Chase started manufacturing in 1948, mm-hmm. and it became uh, very popular. And you know, they started people started changing their hair, hairdos because they had uh, these aerosol cans, which could basically protect hair against humidity and wind and things like that, and you know, make hair stay in whatever state it is uh, it, it is at the time. You know, which uh, which which I guess works. <laughs> I've mm-hmm. I've never had that problem. You've you've met me. I, I don't have that much hair. So <laughs> even as a, even as a kid when I did have more hair, you know, I, I never used uh, hairspray. So I, I mm-hmm. couldn't really uh, explain to you why. Uh, you know, it's uh, you know, it's to try and keep keep big hairstyles, you know, uh, uh, in place. I guess you can say. But uh, in, the, in the 1970s, people started complaining about the environmental concerns, and they they started uh, changing the type of things they use in the aerosol cans and stuff like that. So Harry gets out of the car, and you know he he then looks over the top of the car and says to Sally, "I understand. What? What? Nothing. What? Forget about it. What? Forget about what? It's not important." Just tell me. And I mean, what's what's great about this is, is that you don't expect something like this from Harry Burns. You know, yeah. Harry is someone who's, you know, in your face, is going to tell you what he thinks. And, and he's holding back. Like, why, why do you think Harry's holding back here? I, that's the thing. I, I, I can't think of it. Because of all the things they've talked about, like, he didn't hold back anything before. He's just kind of... I don't know. It, to me, it doesn't make sense with his with his character and what he's about, unless I don't know. It, it's not like he would feel a certain way about her because if he did, he would have curtailed previous conversations, assumedly to you know, I mean, different. I, I, it, it, I don't know. It's not. Yeah. I don't know. Not really gonna. It doesn't. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It just doesn't make any sense. And then he yeah. continues with the conversation and goes, "Well, obviously, it's because you haven't had great sex yet." And. <laughs> The conversation just basically ends right there because they they get interrupted as they're walking into this diner. Now, first of all, did you notice that there's a sign in the the window of the diner as they're walking in? Yeah, lost dog, and it bummed me out because all I could see was two years old. I couldn't make out the the other type. I'm just like, oh, that always bothers me when I see a lost animal poster <laughs> in a movie. <laughs> From, from oh, in, in, in life, but especially from, in a movie, because I'm like, come on, I'm supposed to be escaping from the world right now. From 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it this that way. That dog in, could still be out there, man. In the real world, this dog would, would – even if they found it, this dog would not be around anymore. Sorry to tell you. <laughs> ah, you never know. Stranger things, you know. <laughs> there are dogs that, 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 have, that can live 30 human years. Maybe. No, I'm, I'm asking seriously. Are there? Oh, I have zero idea. I think oh, the okay. oldest dog is maybe like, what, 25 or something? Yeah, and probably not doing much. <laughs> no. You know, he's he's walking around slowly. <laughs> <laughs> very. <laughs> right. So the, 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 the sign is very interesting because it, it's just like a little sign in, in the window that says reward. Lost dog. Two years old. Cocker Spaniel. Mm. And then it says, see Miriam. I guess Miriam is someone inside the restaurant. 
It must be because, you know, one of the things that I first look at when, you know, since I, 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 I love that movies do this, a lot of times it'll be someone in the movie, you know, who, who's in the production that they put their name there or something like that. But there is oh, no okay. Miriam on IMDb uh, related mm. to what Harry Met Sally. So it must be someone who lives around the corner or something like that. But I, I you know, it's, it's done nicely, you know. And then they, they, they walk into the the diner and, you know, Harry then turns to the, uh, I don't know if you want to call it the, 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 no, actually she must be one of the waitresses. And he goes, two please. And she points him off in, 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 in the direction right over there. <laughs> and Sally is quite offended by what, what Harry just said to her, you know, about that she doesn't know what great sex is. Mm-hmm. And she goes, "Yes, I have." And then he, and she's talking in a very loud voice, and he's not. And he goes, "Yeah, no, you haven't." <laughs> and then, typical for any movie, she then says, "It just so happens that I have had plenty of good sex, and it doesn't matter how much commotion was going on around her. You know, it's now completely silent, <laughs> and everyone can hear her say that." <laughs> Which kills me. Anytime there's a needle drop like that in a movie, like I or not needle drop, but a record drop or record scratch, whatever you call it, it it kills me. And it just, I like I I, sh- I laughed harder than I should have because it's a it's a bummer of a moment for her, but it's still it's still funny. Like, yes, it's funny. Yes. Now this is a family uh, friendly show, but uh, we're, we're we're still going to talk about certain things that come up in When Harry Met Sally. So if if your kids are listening along with you, you know just you you've been pre warned. <laughs> we will we will do this tastefully, but but still, you know. So you know it got me thinking. What is the definition of great sex? You know, uh, obviously everyone can have their own different type of of definition of what it is, but basically I decided to to, to Google it, and I, I found a very interesting nice. article that talks about the fact. Uh, that that men and women look at the uh, definition of great sex in completely different ways. Hmm. Okay. So what what it basically says is that uh, that with with men, you know, it's it's a known fact that 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 men think about sex a lot. All right. And obviously, they say that it has to do with the testosterone. For a man, the idea of having sex or having great sex is the deepest level of intimacy that a man can have, right? And it's what you can call it. It's just the male type of intimacy. You know, for, for a man, sex can, can feel like the most profound, genuine sharing of himself that he can imagine, right? Mm. And for, for women, it's a, it's a completely different thing. It's more of an emotional connection. And that's oh, okay. the, the, the big difference between, between, between men and women when it looks like this. I mean, they have a very interesting quote in this article that says, Pizza is like sex. Even when it's bad, it's still pretty good. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go into this whole article because it, it brings out a whole bunch of different things about what men or women think about the whole thing. But it basically is the whole idea of having great sex is about letting go of control, of having a sensual experience, and of feeling that you're, ex- you know, maybe, I guess you could say exploring new things. Something like that. You've, you're being taken to a point where you feel that you've never been before. I think that, that's probably the, the best way that this article describes the definition of that. 
Okay. But again, as I said, we're, we're this is a family friendly uh, type show, so we're 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 not going to go too deep into that that whole discussion. Hmm. But if anyone has, you know, their opinions and they they want to, you know, send them, you can. You know, right on the the Facebook group, or you can send me your thoughts by Twitter or email, or you know, write them on my site. Uh, you can be as tasteful or tasteless as you want; it doesn't really make a difference, you know, because because it won't be read on air. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'll share it with Nick, but you know, I'm not gonna... <laughs> he'll Skype me when I'm eating dinner. All right, Rob, tell me all about it. <laughs> there you go. Right. But I mean, I just find it really funny that it's a typical movie trope that, you know, they're having this conversation where there's a lot of there's a lot of commotion around them and she's not next to him and she still continues the conversation. So, like, you know, if you know the way that movies are made, you're going to say to yourself, "Okay, this is obviously going to reach a point where she's going to, you know, say something and everyone's going to hear, you know, that type of thing. You know, and, and obviously when these things happen, you know, people, uh, you know, look, uh, you know, people uh, in the, the, the cafe all look at her, you know, when she when she makes the comment about the fact that that she's had great sex. And what kills me is when it gets quiet and everyone looks, there's this couple right behind her and this guy just starts looking at her and the girl yeah. that's with him just stares him down and is waiting waiting for him to lock eyes with her again and immediately he gets a little embarrassed and i'm sure she like chides him or says something and i do similar stuff like this all the time <laughs> yes <laughs> so i will purposefully make a statement or i'll say something a certain way because in my peripheral i'll watch my wife look at me and i'll wait for a typical reaction or I'll say something and I'll wait. I know she's looking at me and she knows that I know she's looking at me. And then slowly, like in a movie, her head will kind of come into view. And that's when I look and I just start break down laughing. <laughs> and she yeah. tells me I get on her nerves and then so on and so forth. But we have fun. We've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> and she – it takes her a few seconds to, to regain her composure and then she continues walking forward, you know, following – Harry to to the booth that he goes and sits down and she sits down across from him you know even though if you if you look at Harry he seems to be holding the menu upside down you know oh, yeah. he opens it up upside down and you know uh, and then he flips it over you know <laughs> stuff like that and as she's doing this we, we hear some music in the background so the song are you familiar with, with the song uh, figure out what it was? Ramblin' Man by the Almond Brothers. Ramblin' Man by the Almond Brothers. Exactly. Do you know? Do you know what year that was released? nineteen seventy four. Very close. Seventy three. Oh, rats! Yes, and it was actually inspired by a song of the same name by Hank Williams. Okay. Who performed it in nineteen fifty one? All right. I love the Almond okay, Brothers. It was, it's the Almond Brothers' first and only top ten single. Really, it peaked at number it peaked at number two on the Billboard Hot 100 chart and was number twelve on the Easy Listening chart. Not like Sweet Melissa or, or I guess it's just Melissa. Not even Jessica. Well, Jessica was an instrumental, so I couldn't see it tracking that. But, oh, man, I guess maybe it's just me in the circles that I swim in. I don't know you're you're a. Uh... 
you're you're more of a music person than I am, so you would you would know that. I don't even know the names of those other songs. Uh, <laughs> again, I've heard of. I think um I think you would appreciate Melissa, and I think you would enjoy Jessica. Jessica is a good road song. Like you're driving along, and Jessica comes on. This is about seven minutes, and you just turn it up, and off you go. I will check those out for you. Uh, probably not by tomorrow, but I will. I will try to get them uh, you know, by next. When you can fit I'll, it in, I'll, yeah, there you go. I'll, I'll, you know, find find some time to to fit those seven minutes. In there. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that that's pretty much how the, this minute ends. Is there anything else you want to say about the minute before we get into uh, the script? Nope, nope. So one of the things I always love about scripts is the descriptive uh, paragraphs in it. So it it basically says the car stops in front of a diner, which is straight out of the 50s. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And then they continue having their conversation about uh, Casablanca. And, you know, and at the end when it says Sally says it just so happens I I have had plenty of good sex. Right. And she actually says good sex as opposed to great sex. He says great sex, but she she responds with good sex. Mm, mm. So there's a big difference there also. You know, with the way this and then it says this doesn't go unheard by the hostess and the other diners. <laughs> Sally walks to the table and sits down. <laughs> uh, that that's what we have from the script. So every Wednesday we have a segment called Harry Burns Hump Day, where my guests will give their top five Billy Crystal uh performances. So, Nick, what have you got for us? Start with number five and work your way up. Number five is City Slickers. Uh, it was the first film I had seen with Billy Crystal in it, and so it always just kind of stuck with me. Uh, number four, Princess Bride, classic. Number three, Have fun storm in the castle. Yeah, <laughs> Humperdinck. Humperdinck, Humperdinck, Humperdinck. Number three is actually this one when Harry met Sally. Uh, number two, analyze this, and number one is Monsters Inc. The wife and I quote that to each other a whole whole lot. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. So you want to uh, once again tell people how they can get in touch with you? Absolutely. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Rehack T H E R E H A K. I've been on a handful of other film podcasts: uh, Exploding Helicopter, Movies, Films, and Flicks, The Lambcast, Movie Rob Minute, and uh, sooner than later we're going to have some new episodes of the French Toast Sunday podcast out. That's going to be fun and exciting. So uh, keep your ears and eyes open. Yeah, can't can't wait for you guys to get to, to get back on the horse. <laughs> get back on that French toast. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, while you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe on any podcast you might be using to listen to the show. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Your Minute. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook, or you can go directly to my website, MoveYourRobMinute.com. So, until tomorrow, I'll have what she's having. I'll have some of that birthday cake she's having. Gave me a thrill with all your faults. I love you still. It had to be you. Wonderful you. Had to be you.